I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. In today's episode, I talk about how sunlight became central to architecture all over the world, right from Europe to Asia, but in completely different and fascinating ways. If you haven't been to Rome yet, let me give you a tip. Apart from seeing the Colosseum and the Trevi Fountain, walk to the Piazza della Rotunda. As you approach the Pantheon, close your eyes. Because nothing prepares you to see the Pantheon for the first time. It's an iconic engineering marvel of the 2nd century. It not only makes you stop dead in your tracks, but makes you pause for what feels like a small eternity. But it wasn't the massive columns and dome that fascinated me so much. As much as the oculus located at the crown of the tomb. When the Pantheon was built, it was the only source of light for the entire structure. The opening measures 8.2 meters in diameter and is also referred to the eye of the Pantheon. A clever lighting trick plays out on 21st April, the founding date of Rome. At midday, the sunlight hits the metal grill above the door, filling the entrance way with light. This would have illuminated the emperor in ancient times, reflecting his perceived status as a god on earth. All great architects paint with light and shadow, and the sun has always been central to architecture. A stunning example of this is the stained or colored glass windows you see in churches all across Europe. I saw this marvelousness at the Holy Chapel in Paris. It was worth every single cent of the 12 euro ticket. The purpose of stained glass windows was both to enhance the beauty and to inform the viewer through stories or symbolism. It was used to illuminate the stories of the Bible to the largely illiterate population of medieval Europe. But it also served another functional purpose, to capture heat. The colored glass converted the grayer lights of the northern skies into a kind of a celestial blaze, turning the very diffusiveness to its advantage. Which is why, even on a cold winter day in Paris, I found warmth on the upper floor of the chapel where the most gorgeous windows are. But we do not see any stained glass in most of Asia and Africa. Instead, in Hindu temples and Islamic monuments, right from Saudi Arabia to India, we see a completely different style of architecture. The Jali architecture. On a hot summer day in Ahmedabad, I headed to the Sidi Sayyid Mosque. Now there is a good chance that you have not even heard about it. But you may have seen the logo of IIM Ahmedabad. Yes, the esteemed management institute every MBA aspirant wants to get into. Well, the intricate artwork you see in the logo is the Jali from the Sidi Sayyid Mosque, located at Lal Darwaza, Ahmedabad. But what inspired Jali architecture? Unlike Europe and most of the Western world, Asians had the exact opposite problem. We had way too much sun. So much that Jali architecture was created to cut down on direct sun and heat. But how? Well, Jali breaks down the total area of a typical window into a number of small holes. The holes are smaller than the thickness of the material it is built with. So this means that each hole is actually a cube 
of equal height and depth. So this avoids the direct sun rays and the glare, but it lets the illumination through, not affecting the intensity of light. So from within, everything outside is visible, but from the outside, nothing gets visible inside. This suited privacy notions and therefore became a part of Rajput and Islamic architecture. Not only the Jalis work for the light, they also work for the wind. Remember the Bernoulli principle from your school physics textbook? It applies to the Jali. When air passes through a smaller opening, its velocity increases. So even if there is a mild breeze outdoors, it creates a strong breeze indoors. The principles of physics also suggest that when air is compressed and released, it becomes cool and that is exactly how your air conditioner works. Thus, Jali, in a small way, helps cool the air bypassing the same through small holes. But India itself does not have a uniform climate. And the Jali architecture accommodated for that too. In the Sidi Sayyid Mosque in Ahmedabad, in Champaner and the tomb of Salim Chisti in Fatehpur Sikri, the holes were smaller. It provided for a cooling breeze to beat the heat of the plains. But the moment we move towards the Konkan region in Kerala, which is basically extremely humid, the size of the holes become bigger. This is evident in the architecture of Chola and Chalukya dynasties, as seen in the Tanjavur district in Tamil Nadu. It was done to allow the warm air from inside to escape through the larger holes. We cannot imagine life without the sun. But Europe and Asia had very different battles to fight with it. One wanted to adore it, the other wanted to avoid it. In life too, sometimes you have to play the hand you are dealt. We may not always get to choose how much sunlight we may have, but either way, we could create beauty out of it. Whether it's the stained glass windows or the jalis is the choice we need to make. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memoria on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 